Welcome to Walk With Him. We have our very first guest ever to appear on this show. Welcome, Eli Barch. Uh, soon to be Elder Barch to you. It's we. My bad. Welcome to Walk With Him. I'm Elder Blacker, and here we're welcoming all who are looking to improve their lives and their relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Mitchell Redman, and this Christmas season, we're going to be going over topics and doctrine relating to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a lot to learn from Jesus Christ, from his birth all the way to his mortal ministry, and our mission is to help you live the best life from his example. Life is never perfect, but our Savior is, and he was born, so we're going to celebrate it. So join us as we walk with him. We'll let Eli introduce himself really quickly. Okay. Well, I'm Eli Barch. I'll reach. <laughs> I've known these fellas for quite some time. Uh, I've especially became really close with these guys, and uh, I'm super honored to be on here. Thanks. Preach. Yes. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to have Tell them you. about your mission, then. Yes. You kind of teased it. In a couple months, I'm going to serve in the Oregon Salem mission, and I've never been more excited. Still, every single day, my desire to leave has been increasing every single day. What was the, when you first got your call, when you went to the missionary portal, how many days did it say? It said like 127 days or something. <laughs> like October 3rd to February 5th, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Jeez. Yours might be either the same amount as mine took or longer. Yeah. Which is weird. I guess not because it's during Christmas. I knew I wanted some time, but it's fantastic. I, uh, it's I knew it would come up fast, but only two months away. I'm kind of blown away by that. Wait, so when did you have your call? Uh, I wasn't really here. I was in Utah. I was looking at some mountains. <laughs> and I was like, man, what a cool mountain. You said mountains, and then you picked out, was there a specific mountain that was interesting? Well, yeah, the mission was too small to include multiple mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but you know. Were you tired of looking at the same old mountain every single time? Oh, it would have been a lot worse for another elder. He was from Spanish oh. Fork, and so legitimately... <laughs> he just saw the same mountain that he... Yeah, like <laughs> so many missionaries get called across the world. Like my brother's in Paraguay right now, and he moved 30 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't even know. It's not far at all. Man, I tell people this. I'm so glad about it because I really love like the West United States, and yet Oregon is still like different. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, it's still different, way different than Utah, Washington, California, Arizona. And I love yeah. that about Oregon. I don't really know anything about Oregon. I don't know about you. You said it's different than Arizona. I'm going to call cap on that. Ain't no <laughs> way it's any different. Why? In the way you're immediately thinking of. But, <laughs> you yeah, know. So it's not a desert. <laughs> okay. Anyway, if you didn't see the episode... See... If you didn't listen to the previous episode, we are starting a light, well, we already started a light the world series. Light the world mm -hmm. doesn't normally have weekly themes, but this week we are going to talk about the Christ child and what we thought about it. But before that, we asked for submissions and we have a singular submission. Oh, goody. Um, his name is Elder Eric Elgin. Eric Elgin. Eric okay. Elgin, yeah. He's from... Wait, Elgin? Elgin. Like elegant? No. Just without the T? E-L-G-A-N. Elgin. Yes. Okay. That would have been great if Elec I spelled uh, Eric Elgin. <laughs> what did I just say? I don't know. Electric <laughs> Elegant. <laughs> I should probably apologize if that ends up in there. 
I didn't mean to. Your name's cool, I think. Eric. Eric's, I like the name Eric. That's Elder Elgin to you. Even cooler, Eric oh. Elgin. Elder Eric Elgin, damn. So his email is kind of long. Like, it's as long as a normal missionary email. That's like what he sent you. Yeah, this okay. is what he sent me. It was nice. kind of, what's interesting is that I, in my Facebook story, I put like, if you're a missionary, then I'll send you the Google Drive. And so he responded. And so I sent him the Google Drive. And then he like probably immediately started listening to it because then he started sending me things about the episodes. And so he was the only one that actually decided to send something. Way to go, Eric. Um, Yeah, I'll just read the first Okay, okay. Paragraph. Was it put in like journal format? No, it was just put in paragraphs. A lot of missionaries give emails that are just journals. Yeah, it's like Monday, we were on a bus. Tuesday. Actually, so I saw, um, I think I already told you this, but there was one person who did an email where it was like a journal, but then they also were like, hey, if you want to know about this, go here. Like they've put... Oh. They put paragraphs above it so that you could like skip stuff or read whatever you wanted. I can't wait to just make my emails just so juicy and meaningful. You know what I mean? Just don't do daily journal type things. I plan to not do that now. I apologize to the missionaries who do that, but I just can't read those. But keep doing whatever you want to do. I mean, like, I guess there's like somebody, they're actually my cousin, but there's somebody who like will put together all your emails and pictures into like a mission scrapbook. And so that's what my emails are doing. So I guess like if I were to have done a journal, I probably would have quite appreciated it. But most of my readers probably would not. Have. I thought of doing that exact same thing, keeping all of my emails somewhere. I just send them to my like personal account. Like I have my missionary email and then I would just send to my Mitchell. I'm not going to say my email on <laughs> my email to my other one. My social security number. It's Mitchell Redmond at one, two. <laughs> you already know my emails. That's why you said it. Oh, I thought you were going to say to your social security number, and I was like, uh. No, I don't even know my social. Anyway, uh, that's not the point. <laughs> we're going to read this. Okay, spiritual stuff. Go. Yes. So he is serving right now in Australia. So, yeah, I'll read the first paragraph and a half, I guess. So he it. says, The Christ Child is definitely a really cool video. I watched it on a four-hour train ride to a Christmas conference, and then at the conference, they actually played it in front of the whole mission. I think this video is very powerful because you can see so much emotion in all of the characters. I also like that even though that they're speaking a completely different language that I can't understand, you can figure out what they were saying based on the emotion shown. One of the, my favorite moments was when the wise men came and gave Jesus gifts. Oh, it is true. That's a that great moment. That is a moment. really cool moment. I love that so much. So he goes on. Jesus was only a little kid when these wise men came, but they knew the impact that Jesus would have had on the world, and you could tell that they knew he was the Son of God. I love when the gifts are given, and the main wise men in the video kind of just looks at what they have to offer, and he knows that this offering is nowhere close to what Jesus deserves for what he will do in his life. The spirit was just so strong while watching this short video, and it just made me think about the Christ in Christmas. So since the wise men were brought up, we were going to go like in order of appearance, but I want to talk about the wise men. Okay. Like something that really struck me was the faith that would have to happen because I don't know, in the Christ child, like he seems like a very normal kid. And I think we can see that like 
in the scriptures where his hometown is just kind of like, you, you're you the Messiah? No, 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 no. <laughs> like, we saw you do X embarrassing thing, or I don't know. The point is, like, he was normal enough to where, where people he who like- he grew up with had a really hard time accepting that he was Christ. You know, I was actually thinking earlier today, like, you know, the wise men traveling all that way to see him. And then it leads me to think, like, I wonder how much they felt prompted to go. And, like, the amount of faith that they had just to go see him. That was amazing to think about. Yeah, because the wise men, they just had the star. The shepherds, they get an entire angel that gets to come. The wise men saw a star in the sky, and then they followed it, and then they find this child, and they know. They know that he's Christ. Something I loved in the video is that you can see on his face that he he knows. Yeah, that's it didn't take him that long. He knows that's the kid that's going to die for his sins because of prophecy. But like, it was just interesting for me to see his face know that because at the time it's just a kid. Like the Christ in the videos, even like at least this is the vibe I got. He seemed kind of shy, right? Like a like a normal kid. Yeah. And yet the wise man looks at his face and just recognizes that this is the kid and the savior of the world, the one that will personally save him. That also kind of struck me today of how like they all turned around, they looked at him, and then they instantly knew. Like that was something that was kind of crazy for me. You know, as you guys bring that up, I just love how everything about this, there's just such a stillness and reverence to everything in this story. Well, everything really in scripture, but like, especially this story, I just feel such a reference to that. Yeah, that's, again, that's something I really like about the whole video where it was like trying to strip away as much as like the pageantry and like the, I can't think of a good word, like all the extra stuff that people do like, to like it looks showy and entertain their kids, yeah. you know? Like for one, there's no innkeeper that like is kicking them out or whatever. Like oftentimes you'll see an innkeeper and they'll be like, sorry, we've got no room. And they're like, Sag. I don't know. There was almost no focus on it being a manger, which I found interesting or stable. It was more... What is a manger? Hold on a second. I don't even know. Is that the bed? So manger is basically where they... So like he was born, right? Then they swaddled him up and then they put him in what is the manger. It was a little box. Yeah. That... What the Alexa just called it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, she said it was a little box. Thank you for calling out that we used Alexa. I appreciate that because I was going to call him out for that too. Yeah, I just had my Alexa <laughs> over there. I'm just like, Alexa. I'm glad we now know the difference. And- really? <laughs> Sorry, um, I, do I don't remember what I... the Oh, it didn't really focus on the fact that they're in a stable or a manger, right? And it's an interesting tidbit, but the Christ child seems to be about the emotion and the fact that a savior was born, right? Yeah. More than anything. And that... Like, this more than any of the other um, Christmas videos about the birth of Christ, like right, that I've seen. Videos. Like, it seems to highlight the faith that was taken, right? Yeah. And I appreciate that. Something that hit me pretty hard was, um, you know, the Christmas devotional, like, a couple weeks back or something. President Nelson showed the video, or a little video of um, one of his great-great-grandbabies being born. Oh, yeah, that was cool. And then the thing about that that really got me was he said, no, just imagine that someone being born, but then heavenly hosts were rejoicing like so greatly, filling the sky, just rejoicing. And then, you know, the night turns to day and all that, just imagining all that. Someone mentioned like he could have 
come down, you know, in like his full adult form without having to be born. Instead, he chose to be born like everyone else and to experience like what everyone else would, like have a childhood and be a normal kid. And I think Bethlehem was kind of a area in like the middle of nowhere. I'm not a scriptorian, so I couldn't make any guesses on that but it was like a normal upbringing a quick side note and then we'll go to another character but like somebody mentioned to me in utah that you can kind of see like in christ uh, at least adult life his progression to getting ready to perform the atonement yeah and i think that's interesting because when i think about it if he didn't need to progress to get to where he was ready to perform the atonement like it probably would have been more or less the first thing he did Instead, he announces himself as the Christ, and he does actually quite a lot to kind of prepare himself for the atonement. He was perfect for his entire life, but I still think that there was like preparation or like getting him ready to do what he needed to do. Yeah, there's a, I can't remember what scripture it was, but it was like grace by grace or something like that, Mm -hmm. talking about his eternal progression. And then the one verse where it's like Jesus grew in wisdom and stature before God and man. Progression is way more important than where we are on the path. It's cool knowing that the perfect example himself showed progression himself. I like that. Again, the whole film is just focusing on the very human aspect of right. Talking about these were real people who had real feelings and had to go through, in the case of like Mary had to go through that whole ordeal when there was no space And then having the wise men travel for who knows how many months to get to finally see the baby Jesus. Another interesting tidbit to go off of the the behind the scenes, they were talking about how some of the scriptures, like some of the gospels, didn't quite correlate together. Like they were very different stories told. So they were like, rather than artificially blending them, what they instead did is focus on the two stories in the one in Matthew and then the other in Luke. It's interesting to me that the angel appeared to the shepherds instead of the wise men because by nature, by culture, I guess, the wise men are some of the most powerful men. Yeah. And the shepherds are considered like one of the lowest tiers of the servants, basically. It's interesting, like, how for granted where you take the faith of all of them. Because the shepherds saw an angel, but there's plenty of times people saw angels and didn't listen. But that is something that I found interesting, that it, the angel appeared to the lower class, the people yeah. with lower status. Do you either of you have any thoughts on why that might possibly be? Well, I just automatically think of like the shepherds being like, you know, they're going to be humble because of their situation since the wise men are all, I don't want to say lavish, but like they're up there. I mean, you see the guy with the big purple robe. And they give gifts of gold, myrrh, and frankincense. Yeah. They show their power, power, they show their riches even when they see Christ and it's out of charity, but still. But like Elder Elgin said, it's like, this is like not very much compared to what Jesus is going to offer to them. I also think because they're so high up there socially, they probably couldn't help but to tell people, hey, we saw an angel. That, that's what Like because of too. their status? Kind of. They probably just wouldn't help it just because of how powerful that experience is. That's actually mm-hmm. an interesting point because an angel appeared to Joseph Smith. Yeah. And so nobody believed them because he's a 14-year-old farm boy, right? Yeah. At the time. 
And they believed him even less when he was like, yeah, God and Jesus Christ showed up. Right. But I don't know. And do you think if um, an angel legitimately did appear to the leader of one of these religions, right? Do you think he would have been believed? I don't know. No. Still no? Like, are you saying that if an angel had appeared to one of these religions at the time of Joseph Smith, like a leader of one of these sects? Yeah, says the exact same thing that they did to Joseph Smith. I'm just wondering, like, do you think it's Joseph Smith's status that made it so that he wasn't believed? Uh, I think it was a multitude of reasons because, like Joseph Smith said, they were all arguing about which one they thought was right up until, like, his own family was arguing right. about it. And even those family had good values and, like, put their trust first and foremost in the Bible, right? And then so St. Angel did appear to one of these people, right? It would have maybe given their followers more of, I don't know, it's hard to say because there's a lot of different branches and different focuses. Mm. But like at the very least, this leader that had had an angel appear to him would be probably Mm. more vocal about it. He would still be like, very humble about it. Like, mm. well, not in a way that he would brag about it, but like he'll be humbled by the experience, but he'll just really want to share to other people about just the greatness of it. Well, see, that's where I think it transitions to the status and like who Joseph Smith was, right? He was a very humble boy. Mm-hmm. He believed a lot in what his father had taught him about the Bible. And like I said, he was brought up with good values. And so that coupled with the humility he already had enabled him to, you know, be humble but vocal about the experience. I don't know if that answered your question. I don't know. I guess another thing I think about is that, um, like, at least in The Chosen, like, they make a point of, like, Christ being like, hey, it's not time for me to have announced myself to the world, right? Like, the sign was given that, Christ was born, but from what I can gather, very few would have recognized Mary as the mother at that point. So even if plenty of people knew that the Savior was somewhere, Christ does make a point of, at least in The Chosen, now is not the time, now is not the time. And then there's a point where he's like, okay, now is the time. I love how you bring up the signs leading up to it and that it wasn't announced, it was never actually made official to everyone, let alone. But Yeah, it's like these very specific moments that certain gospels showcase. He knew the way it was supposed to happen. I have to imagine everything's very intentional, including who his parents were. I mean, he's the literal son of God, but he had Joseph as a father figure. Yeah. And probably was legally recognized as his father, but I don't know. Maybe that didn't even matter back then. Hey guys, thanks for listening to our episode. If you like what you hear and you want to get weekly updates with exclusive content and an inside look on missionary work, join our email list on our website. You can go to lumietmedia.com. That's L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. Just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a little form where you can put in your name, put in your email. It's free. We don't need anything else from you. We're going to be giving you concise and actionable advice, takeaways from our episodes and lessons and experiences directly from the mission field. And so if that sounds interesting to you, just go to lumietmedia, L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. And we hope to help you a little bit more every week. Bye.
It's interesting you you bring up Joseph because I actually that was one of the characters I wanted to talk about. Mm. His role in all this is really interesting. Do you feel like maybe it's not talked about enough? I have a sense about that. Yeah, when I was watching the behind the scenes, just, it was I, like I just feel that they yeah. all say like Jesus, Jesus, not Jesus, Joseph is kind of almost a side character. He's kind of just there. And so they really wanted to showcase, you know, the role of fathering the son of God, even though like he's not literally, you know what I mean? And so when I watched it again, I made it a point to kind of pay attention to Joseph and the whole thing. He's like trying to do the best he can with what he can, right? He's going to the inn. He's trying to look around for space to help Mary be comfortable. He's trying to, you know, encourage her and lift her up. More than that, he can't really do a whole lot. And so it's interesting. First of all, he had to have the faith to be like, okay, this isn't my child. Didn't but an angel appear to yeah, him an too, angel to be like, to hey, you should marry Mary? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. Tell yeah, an angel marry. appeared unto him because when Mary got pregnant, he didn't know oh, of any right. of this. So in his mind, he's like, oh, okay, she's pregnant. This isn't my child. This also means trouble. Yeah, like outside, shame well, for his family and like it was stoned. it was a whole ordeal and sees and he's like I, I mean just like the woman caught in adultery like that's reason for her to be killed. Not actually because she didn't do anything, but yeah. Joseph had he wanted to could have been like, "Yep. That that's yeah. too bad." But then like you can see his character when he's like he sought to put her away privately or something along that lines like he didn't want to make a big deal about it so he just wanted to be like okay oh yeah well i guess we'll just go our separate ways so already he had to have a whole ton of faith that alone just tells me that he was the one that was needed to fit in that role because he didn't want to make a big deal out of it something that in the behind the scenes the actor for joseph said where he was talking about his mindset, he's like, everything I do is motivated by my love for Mary. And so he's trying to do the best he can, trying to make oh, her yeah. as comfortable as possible. I remember that. I love that. I also noticed like his love for the baby Jesus. Because you're right, it's not his kid, or at least he doesn't think it is. And I don't know. I'm not going to go into that. But like the baby cries and he's like instantly taking care of the baby Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. His love for both Mary and Christ or the baby is there. <laughs> that makes me think of the the story later. I don't even know what gospel it is, but when they lose him, he was at the temple as a child preaching to these other oh, yeah. teachers. Right. <laughs> when his parents find him, he just kind of looks at them and he's like, guys, <laughs> did you not know that I had to be here doing my father's work? That must have been interesting, parenting the child Jesus. Maybe not, I don't know. Maybe not so much parenting, but just like, what is he doing today? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's still probably a lot of parenting. Like, I, I have to imagine Jesus was taught carpentry. Like I said, he was a normal child. They still had to teach him, like, basic skills and life things. I don't know. It's kind of hard to I assume what it's, he knew. It's all speculation. Yeah. What's not speculation is what he did in his life, which was serve. I... I'll just share a quick story mm-hmm. that I had an experience about service besides every single week where I'm with you and we just go to the temple yeah. grounds or trusted world and just oh, do yeah. 
we're basically service, service missionaries. <laughs> yeah. Because I do basically. I'm literally a service missionary. <laughs> yes. I'm basically a service missionary. But anyway, but this doesn't relate to that. It's actually something that happened at In-N-Out. And so I was in pay window as I am 90% of the time, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. Got him. But um, our regional manager was there and, you know, he's just kind of going around the store, just checking, doing managerial things. <laughs> so the manager that was there, Edgar, he was over the he- headset. Mm. So, cause I'm in pay window, I have a headset to, you know, relay any sort of changes that happen to the order. Mm-hmm. And so he was or- over the headset and he was like, hey, make sure you're handing out coloring books, which I mean, I had never done, much less hand out the stickers that we have, which I mean, they're Wait. there to hand out. But so I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I'll hand out some coloring books. Then I didn't. A few cars went past and he was like, hey, make sure you're handing out those coloring books. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Like, legitimately, I just forgot that that okay. was a thing we do. So I was like, oh, okay. And so I see this car with like three or four kids. They're kind of yelling and the mom is trying to <laughs> take her order, uh-huh. right? She like finishes the order. I read it back to her. And so I take her payment and I was like, also, here's some coloring books for your kids and she's like oh if i can i don't know distract them or whatever but she was really thankful so i gave it to her and she drove off and i just kind of sat there like you know that felt nice i don't know i don't do a lot of like kind of the service we do there's not really like people there immediately that are like impacted because just because we're like at the temple grounds you know raking leaves we're at trusted world just folding clothes there's not really anywhere anyone there being like Thank you for giving us this. And so like the immediate effect. Especially like with the temple where it's like an absence of weeds. It's so much harder to notice an absence of weeds than like the addition of something. Like, yeah. Like with Trusted World where we're helping people have clothes. That's a lot easier to recognize. Oh, they gave me clothes. Not that we're directly giving them clothes, but you get the point. As opposed to like something where you're keeping a garden nice and it's like, oh, there's an yeah. absence of leaves scattered everywhere here. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Nice. Like the immediate <laughs> impact that you can see of contributing something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that just felt nice. And like every time I focus a lot more on giving, you know, the coloring books and the stickers and all that, there's a lot of opportunity at in and out to be of service to other people. And that's what I like about it. Um, one thing I did one time is at like 10 a.m., this was when I worked both jobs, Crumble and in and out So as I did practically every day, I worked in and out I brought cookies because I could get them for free. And one day <laughs> I took an order over the headset at like 10 a.m. So nobody's there, right? And they're like, do you have any cookies? And I was like, <laughs> no. And then they pull up, they pay. And then I went and asked Tony, like, hey, you okay if I give him a cookie? <laughs> He's like, go for it. So <laughs> then I... Like grabbed a burger bag, put like half of a cookie <laughs> in it, and then handed it to him and was like, "Hey, this is not in and outs. Like, let me make that clear. This is not in and outs. This is crumble. Yeah, but you can have this cookie." <laughs> and I gave it to him. Yeah, no. Put it in the bag as well. It's crazy. Oh uh, no, it was a double double bag. So he was probably like, oh, "A double double." Ah, oh! <laughs> I'm sure he was devastated to find the cookie that he originally wanted when he pulled up. But this is different. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. No, you're right. 100. percent There's way more opportunity to serve than we realize. 
Yeah. Way more. And especially my mission didn't do a whole lot of focus on service. Like, none. Mine did because we were integrated. Which that's what I really like about the integrated stuff that they're coming out with. It's like the purpose of a missionary is to invite others to come to Christ. But it's also to do that by serving other people. It's also to be... You know why that is? Improving their lives. Because guess who served? Jesus. Oh, I was talking about me. (laughs) Yes, you're right. (laughs) And so that's why, like, as a missionary, a service missionary especially, it's like, oh, I'm serving to help people come closer to Christ because you carry the countenance of Christ, and guess what? That's helping bring people closer to Christ. I have a story I like to tell. Not exactly to do with serving, but like similar to serving, like, you know, just other people recognizing that light. But maybe I told you guys a story. I don't know. But um, I in and out. There's like a group of like eight or ten, ten elders that walked in. Once I got to one of them, I brought up, oh, yeah, because at the time I was about to get my mission call. I said, yeah, I'm about to get my mission call. And then he immediately was like, you know, I had a feeling that you remember. Like, I just saw you when I walked in. I just like felt that spirit. And it's so interesting. Like the light that people see even goes as far as that. And service, same way. You feel that same light. Both both ends. Both people, feel they feel such a light. And something you'll realize, missionaries tend to have a heightened sense of the spirit and like recognizing when it's there. And so obviously that comes because you're dedicating your life 24-7 for two years. Yeah. That tends to help you be closer to the spirit when... Yeah, a little le- bit. Like legitimately that's all you think about because they take care of your rent. They take care of... Basically everything. They're like, hey, we want you to focus on the spirit and Christ for two years, right? Yeah, like being led to the people where you could either serve or say something to them. And obviously that's the whole point of Christmas and that's the whole theme of the Light the World initiative to be able to serve other people. This week we kind of just wanted to start encouraging people to find more ways to do service. On the Light the World website, there's a little, I don't know what you call it. It's something where you can hit you can generate a thing of service you can do. So like the first one's a person, the second one's an act, and the third one's a time of day. So it's like for a high school teacher, bring them cookies tomorrow, something like that. And then lower, there's another part where you can do some downloads, like you can do social media posts. You can share them videos, all that kind of stuff. So this week we want to encourage you all to check out that page is comeuntochrist.org slash light the world something like that i'll put it in the show notes and in the description but just be you know starting to look for those opportunities to serve i like i didn't like talking to people on my mission and it while it contributed that it was in spanish it was Did like you also have a sense of like i also just don't want to yeah okay like i wanted to serve people but it was also not natural to me you know yeah I think you mentioned this deck in another time where it was like, I think it was actually in your talk where it's like, I don't normally have these thoughts of, hey, give this person flowers, right? But it's a good thought. And so why not? And it's hard to dedicate yourself 24-7. Right. That's like, which a natural case, man takes place. Like, it's a real thing. You, There's a reason we have a P-Day. <laughs> it's because, <sighs> okay, I need a break. Yeah. I mean, I can think of times where I, you know, had an opportunity to serve but didn't. It's just not like something natural we can do. You know, even Christ, like, 
took time. Oftentimes he goes off on his own, right? And I don't know exactly what he does there. He might just pray. But either way, he took time to be alone so that he could make the most of his time on earth. This is going to sound kind of random, but something our stake president says, you know, whenever he sets apart missionaries, I've noticed this, but every time he says, if like one of the apostles, if they were here, they would still do it. Like you said, Jesus Christ, he went out of his way to serve people. He would still do it. I just love how he just went out of his way for him. That is really cool to think about how all the apostles personally set apart all the missionaries. And while they obviously can't do that realistically now, they would still 100% love to. I just think about all the times where recently called apostles start their conference talks, like having been called as a new apostle, they are all just like, this is a overwhelming call for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do this all my like they they're very humbled by this call. Yeah. And then they exhibit the faith to do the call that God had Like even we might notice a change in them, which is really interesting. Actually, yeah, my mission president, like he apparently he knew Ronald A. Rasband, like at least for a little bit before he was called as an apostle. And he was like, Man, I've it's been really interesting for me to see the change that's occurring in him like as he's been an apostle. And so, I don't know. I think it would be interesting to know my mission president before and after. Like that would be interesting to me to see how he changed. And actually, he well, comes home in 6 months, so I can probably just ask him. So that would actually be a really president. interesting thing to ask. Well, even it's mm. even it it's even like with other missionaries that you know in the field and then afterwards. You know, we all see changes in missionaries like mighty changes it's so interesting to even see a change when someone becomes an apostle even what they once were remember the 70 like even that in of itself is amazing if they've been like a general authority long enough you can see how they've been prepared like i took a class in byu that was called living apostles it talked a lot about the lives of each apostle and to just like hear what they experience and to see that progression from like maybe general authority or even like bishop to the way that they were prepared all the way up to when they were an apostle. The change that happens in people is just mind-boggling. So, it's Christmas. There's always opportunities to serve, but Christmas just seems like a special time to serve people. It's especially not weird now, where it's the point of Christmas to serve other people. Uh, That was a quote. He quoted me, (laughs) and for some reason I feel like he's making fun of me. No, I'm not making Um, fun of you. Okay, well, he is right, though. Like, it's it's very normal. If you're worried about, what are they going to think? Or, like, is this is this strange? No, it's not, because it's Christmas. And it's not strange anyways. But especially when it's Christmas, it's not strange. So I just repeated and over-explained <laughs> exactly what he said. But um, <laughs> it's Christmas. Serve, please. Um, and then tell us what you did. So send it at walkwithhim at lumietmedia.com. Again, lumiet, L-U-M-I-E-T. Eli, will you sign us off? Just give us a big audio toast. What they said? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> man, thank you guys. I appreciate it. This was fun. This is so cool to be here with you guys and talk about these things. And uh, yeah, peace. No, 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 no. It's Audi toast. He'll get used to it. He'll probably be on here again sometime. Probably. Audi toast. Thank you for listening to us. This is Walk With Him, a podcast about Jesus Christ. 
And if you'd like to know more about Jesus Christ, we have a website, which is Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T, media.com. On there, you'll find stuff about us, stuff about our Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll find our socials where you can follow us and support the podcast. You can also sign up for our email list where we give you just some advice, takeaways from our episodes and experiences that we've had from the mission field. You can join that email list on our website, follow our socials, and if you could rate us, that would really help other people discover the podcast and just start their own journey towards our Savior, Jesus Christ. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Adios. Adios.